At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. And we get to hear from you. So this week, I'm talking with Rachel Roddy, the author of My Kitchen in Rome and a columnist for The Guardian, all about beans. We actually spoke in June of last year, when, even though my family had already been living out of our pantry for several months and had eaten untold cans of chickpeas, the sacks of dried cannellini and pintos had gone untouched. And it wasn't totally clear why. We were home all day anyway, why couldn't we just stick a pot of beans on the stove? And at some point I realized it was because anytime I've cooked beans on the stovetop, even though they pretty much cook themselves, I've had a lot of moments when I've thought, oh no, the beans. Either because I catch them when they're suddenly boiling wildly and turning my beans to mush, or when they're sitting perfectly still and telling me that my dinner will not be coming anytime soon. Or, worst of all, the smell of a pot boiled dry and starting to smoke. Set a timer. I know. But then I remembered a genius tip about Rachel's hands-free technique for beans. After getting them up to a simmer on the stovetop, she just sticks them in the oven for an hour or two. No unfortunate surprises, just the creamiest, most evenly cooked beans, and the comforting sight, each time you lift the lid and peek at them, that they are always simmering at exactly the same gentle rate. And yes, I know some cooks love using their crock pots and their instant pots for similar reasons, but many of us don't have cabinet space for them or always want to lug them out, so this almost zero babysitting method is a boon for us. Though I will say, we should all still probably set a timer. Rachel lives in Rome and writes beautifully about dishes from all over Italy. Here's how she describes where this technique comes from. Every year, usually in October, we visit Maremma, a glorious cummerbund of a region straddling lower Tuscany and higher Lazio. Marimani know how to cook white beans, simmering them until tender, often in terracotta, and occasionally in time-honored fashion, al fiasco, in a glass flask in the embers of a fire. Fat, tender, creamy, and often still warm, the beans are served with a little of their own broth and some extra virgin olive oil. At the end of the episode, we'll hear about some of your favorite ways to make the most of a big pot of beans in your fridge. Mine? Probably Marcella Hazan's white bean soup with garlic and parsley. But first... Here's Rachel herself to talk more about where this technique comes from, plus answer some of those existential questions about beans. It's, it's very inspiring to hear about your neighborhood and just other places in the world when we are in such a small, shrunken version of, of our own worlds right now. I mean, reading your column and the places that you travel and write about is, is giving me such wanderlust and such hope for when we can actually do that again. Um, but that is a good segue into the story behind this technique because you found this particular one when you were traveling, correct? Well, I'd, I'd heard about it because actually 
there was a trattoria in in Testato in Rome, which was run by um, the this family from Marema, which is um, it's technically Tuscany, but actually the Maremani the inhabitants consider themselves Maremani of that zone. So it's sort of I think I'm getting this right: higher Lazio and lower Tuscany. Sort of two regions meet in this very beautiful um, part of Italy, very green, um, and uh, it's um, and so they, they, this couple ran this restaurant. From, so I knew about cooking beans in the ashes. They had a pizza oven. They would serve pizzas and they would also serve in a sort of terracotta bowl, white beans sort of on their own. And I remember seeing it on the menu and just beans. And they would come in a sort of pool of, you know, the sort of slightly cloudy bean liquid with olive oil on the top. Absolutely delicious. Sort of perfectly plump soft beans in the sort of bean broth, which is so delicious, isn't it, with this olive oil on top. So I knew about this and I knew that they cooked them in terracotta as the pizza oven was cooling. And of course, always looking for a slightly romantic, nostalgic story, which is maybe my sort of weak point as a writer. But anyway, I had this in my mind. And then when we started going to Marema on holidays, it's extraordinarily beautiful. It's, a, it's about an hour and a half from where we are in Rome. We go, there's beautiful hot springs there. And we go every year, usually in October, and we stay and we eat the same things, which is basically aqua cotta, the vegetable and bread and egg soup, Peperto, which is the, the sort of beef stew and white beans. And when we went to Marema, we, we, I went round asking people how they cooked these beans. And there were various, forgive me anyone from Tuscany, Marema, if I'm making mistakes, I'm very conscious this is your cuisine. But um, there were various ways. Some people would, often in terracotta, which is a wonderful cooking medium, isn't it? Of course, you could make nice beans without it. I do all the time, but actually terracotta does Apparently it sort of neutralises acidity and they have these sort of wonderful bean pots. They look like little fat-bellied men or <laughs> um, sort of flasks um, and or bottles with a cork in the top. But they cook the beans in these bottles in embers of fires. Um, some have sort of little fat men, some have bottles, some have big bowls. But basically it's almost always sort of in embers or in a stove or, or in a cooling oven. And I collected the stories. You can see now why I write, because when I speak, I can't stop. <laughs> so writing is a way of condensing all these things and all these ideas and then and then bringing it home and then trying it. So you hadn't necessarily seen cooking in like a Le Creuset or a Dutch oven of some sort when you, you adapted the you know, flask or the terracotta to a more common cooking vessel that you had at home. Yeah, did I actually answer your question? Yes. Yeah, so, so I'd always cook beans on the stovetop, like we all do. I'd soak them and then I'd put them in a pan and, put them, and cook them on the stovetop, boil them away. The difference was, of course, was thinking about doing them in the oven, those sort of and covered, of course, which is then you get, you know, you get the steam as well in the braise. So, do you ever throw in other seasonings instead of the sage or the garlic or or the olive oil? Put rosemary in. I think I've put. Mm. Um, oh, a little. Uh, you know, you could put one red chili in a little sort of. Peperoncino would be nice. Yeah, I think that's about. Yeah, I think I think I put and I've also I often quite often use um rosemary and sage. It's really often sort of you'll find regional recipes all over Italy, and the the sort of defining factor is the herb. So Romans would put rosemary with their beans. You know, Tuscans would put sage. Sicilians would put oregano. I put all of them. <laughs> Multicultural, <laughs> multi-regional, handful of beans. That's perfect, especially for right now when we just are kind of using whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the sage is really, really lovely. I, that was a pleasant surprise. I hadn't done that with beans before. <laughs> well, I was wondering that, is there any type of bean you wouldn't use this technique for? Or is it pretty much 
friendly to all beans? Friendly to all beans. I mean, I pretty much own, I cook a lot of cannellini, a lot of bordelotti, which you, which are cranberry in the States, of course, all originally from America. We have you to thank for beans in Italy, don't we? Well, I mean, I'm English, but, and, and chickpeas. But I would, I think most would. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting to know what other people say about that. I'm sure anything would work. Um, it's particularly lovely, though, the cannellini and bordelotti, because um, it really brings out that sort of soft, chestnutty softness in them, which is so lovely. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You have written about various ways to eat beans and bean broth over the years. And I was curious what your very favorites are. Loads of ways. I love them. And I love beans and pasta. Which I think with cannellini, you do need some something hot as well. You need quite a lot of chili. I mix dried red chili with olive oil. I love them with sausages, with egg. And then a lot of the sort of, again, very Tuscan, you know, the sort of bean soups, maybe with kale and tomatoes. The thing about these beans, I mean, they're already a soup. You know, you can sort of, I mean, they're such a sort of lovely, lazy way of cooking once you've got a pan full. I mean, really, you can you could just heat them up and sort of maybe stir some greens through them. Or you could sort of start again. You could do a sofrito of onion, celery and carrot and then put the beans back in it and put greens and maybe a bit of potato. The variations are sort of endless. This is all very exciting because I have many, many beans around now because we we had to cook them twice for the video just to be able to show everything. You have so have many. like four <laughs> quarts of beans, but... Um, uh, and I've been enjoying them um, just from trying this recipe before, but you've given me so many more ideas. This is really wonderful. And they do freeze as well. They freeze. I mean, don't they? I, mean I tend to sort of make them into soup. And I do think, yeah, I mean, Luke, well, I'm saying that actually. My eight-year-old has now decided to be unbelievably fussy about everything. But on good days, he is pretty easy. Yeah, they do freeze. They, I mean, I think they freeze best in their sort of soup form. But you can just pop them in, you know, put, put them cooked in the, in the freezer. And also because sort of freezing does, they're often quite delicate, aren't they? So when you, they defrost, they do tend to get a bit mushy. So the sort of that whole family is sort of ribolita, the reboiled soups. They're wonderful for that. And I think sometimes even better after freezing. You know, somehow it's a little bit like an octopus. Somehow the sort of texture's blade. But I think it's quite good then to make them into a big, hearty, messy soup with sort of potato and ripped up bread and greens and more oil somehow. The sort of, you know, the battered side of them is sort of brought out best in that. <laughs> I love embracing the battered side of them too. I, I remember when I first started cooking them, I felt like it was a failure if some of them broke apart until someone said, you know, that they actually preferred to overcook their beans a bit so that some of them break apart. I love finding out that it was sort of a matter of personal taste as well, that there's no perfect pot of beans. Do you put salt in your beans when you cook them? I do. I used to not. I used to not. And then I would just 
salt them heavily once they were done cooking and sort of stick them in the fridge and let them then through yes. osmosis kind of take the seasoning in and but but they would, you know, if I wanted to eat them on that first night, they would be quite bland yeah. if I didn't season until the end because only the broth would be seasoned and the beans wouldn't have taken it in as much. So I think at some point I saw, you know, someone had done testing and hadn't found there to be any any problem with salting ahead. So now I do both. I, you know, I salt a bit yeah. at the beginning and then I adjust at the end. This recipe, making dried beans something that people can cook, even if they never cooked dried beans before, you know, they don't think they have time to tend to something at all. It is a really good candidate for this time too, I think. You know, I, I love cooking dried beans and still I bought beans at the beginning of this and I haven't touched them. Just, I haven't, I don't know. I don't think I've had the mental space to, to simmer them on the stovetop. And this small change has made it more doable for me. You know, we've had a lot of talk about sort of resourcefulness. And again, as a food writer, you know, I'm sort of aware of um a few of people who've got full-time jobs and busy lives and and I found cooking in lockdown quite challenging. I mean making three meals a day for my family. And again, it's my job. You know, I've really found it testing cooking, you know, it's felt sort of relentless and the watching up, of course. But at the same time, you know, we do need to talk about resourcefulness. And of course, and it's always interesting with Italian cooking because while resourcefulness is not by any means exclusive to Italy, you know, it's part of all sort of the culinary traditions in every country. Italian cooking does have this very strong, very sort of thriving vein of, of sort of resourceful, sort of thinking about, you know, one recipe in a sort of larger context. And I think that this sort of, this, this beans a sort of gentle reminder of that. And of sort of all of us now, particularly as our lives are changing, that we think about these new building blocks of, certainly for me as a mum, it's nice to sort of have things that, that I feel sort of, you know, a few day, a few meals, and that sort of tipples into the next few meals and the next few meals, and breadcrumbs and beans and tomatoes and soups. I think it is a way of cooking that um, that sort of suits suits me and and you know our budget and and the time we're living in. And I sort of want more of that. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us the stories behind this recipe and how we can fit it into our lives. I have a feeling that we're all going to be cooking beans. From scratch a whole lot more often. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. And enjoy your beans. And now, here are some of our listeners' coziest bean dishes. My name is Lou Awesome, and I'm from Ottawa, Illinois. And my mom used to make this wonderful homemade Italian bean soup. It was a ham broth with red kidney beans and some onions and carrots in it. And at the very end, she'd break up spaghetti and throw the spaghetti in, and she'd blend it a little bit with the blender and make just this wonderful, nice, thick soup and homemade bread to go with it. It was just always reminds me of coming home when we make it. This is Nicole from Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Um, I love cooking cozy bean dishes, especially with my mom. Um, whatever we put in really varies from day to day, but what's always the same is just the act of cooking with her. My mom is a stroke survivor and only has use of her left hand, which used to be her non-dominant hand, and she is able to be so inspiring and to cook 
despite all of that difficulty. So watching her very meticulously chop onions and tomatoes, uh, greens or celery or carrots, peppers, and stir them into a pot with relatively low sides on the top of the stove so she can reach in and scoop in and see if there's enough water and everything's cooked. Um, and it's really amazing just to watch her figure out how to do all those things that she always did before, but in this very new way. And what I've learned about cooking beans with her is that everything about cooking really has to be an act of patience and self-forgiveness to give yourself the space to try new things and see how they all turn out. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Kristen McGlory. If you have a genius recipe tip, bean-based or not, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. And if you want to support the Genius Recipe Tapes, please do take a sec to rate, review, and subscribe. Talk to you soon.